This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Grace Notes. Today on the church calendar, it's called Transfiguration Sunday, a time when we often consider Jesus' transfiguration on the mountaintop. I'll be looking at two different scriptures today from Exodus and from 2 Corinthians. Thank you for listening. Today comes from the Hebrew Scriptures. I'll be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 35, verses 29 through 35. Moses came down from the Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone 
because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told all the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Here ends our first reading. New Testament reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the second Corinthians, and his inspiration and the imagery that he's using comes from the Exodus passage that we just heard. It was the experience of Moses coming down from the mountain after speaking with God. 
Now, in the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is celebrating this transforming power of God. Let's listen, you and I, for 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through chapter 4, verse 2. Hear these words. Since then, we have such a hope. We act with great boldness. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being sent. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as it is reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry. We do not lose heart, for we've renounced the shameful things that one hides, and we refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Will you pray with me, please? God of calling and comfort, of grace and judgment, dear God, these words travel through time, the stories reach us this day, and we pray for fresh eyes, active imaginations, hope that we can see beyond the horizon to the story of love and grace you'd have us claim and understand this day. Amen. Space, the final frontier. For any of us who are Star Trek fans... Space, a final frontier. These words would bring a quickening of the pulse and a race of the imagination. For those who watched Star Trek, the opening words of the show every week, somehow we would be transported or transplanted to another time and another place. Suddenly, Gone were all the limitations of physical laws, those things like the speed of light. You know, gone were some of our earth-bound ideas of humans you know, being alone in the universe. When Captain Kirk, or Captain Picard, said, boldly go where no one has gone before, we went, if only for an hour, and if only in our imagination. And I realize it doesn't work so well to talk about a picture book on the radio, but I have a book, one of those coffee table books that is full of glorious pictures taken from astronauts. And I love it not only for the pictures that stretch my sense of 
time and space and place. I love it for the words that accompany the images. Because astronauts and cosmonauts and all other sorts of knots who have traveled into the space, they were invited to try to describe what it's like to go beyond you know, the edge of the atmosphere, to go into space. And the person who compiled these photos and this book asked each person who had flown out into space to then reflect on how the journey had changed them. Some said it was beyond words. Some did try to describe what changes you know, in them and their own psyche or their soul, and the words were fascinating. And we, you know, there was an astronaut from Saudi Arabia who said, on the very first day when we were up there, we all pointed to our countries. This is from the International Space Station. On the third or the fourth day, we started pointing to our continents. On the fifth day, we just saw and we were aware of one Earth. There was a Russian who wrote, during a space flight, the psyche of each astronaut is reshaped. You become a little more full of life. You become softer. You begin to look at things with a greater trepidation. And you begin to be more kind and more patient with people around you. I've heard some people wanting to send a loved one up on a rocket ship for that very reason. There was one American who wrote, when we left the ground, we were technicians. And when we returned, we were humanitarians. These space travelers have seen things that not many of us will see firsthand. They've gone beyond the veil of the earth and peaked further than all others. It's great, and it's fantastic stuff. And how many times you know, there were no words for the experience. From the pictures and from the words, we can get a glimpse of what it must be like, but we still have to use our imagination. For the universe is so vast, and it always will defy full explanation or definition. These are exciting times as an incredible new telescope has been launched and is finding its position in orbit that will look to the farthest reaches of the cosmos and back in time. There are now more space tourists almost. If uh, For the very rich, you can now book a ride. Um, but today's passage it defines full explanation just as well. It takes a lot of imagination, I think, to get a handle on what Moses' experience was like, or even what Paul is talking about. Transfiguration Sunday. You know, I'm not looking at the well-known story about Jesus' transfiguration and his transformation on the mountaintop, but looking at the transformation that's possible within each one of us that Paul was writing about to the church at Corinth. Moses and Jesus have changed with their direct encounters with the divine. And what Paul is saying, I think he's suggesting that we may hope to expect nothing less. 
and as a reminder that Paul is writing to a conflicted church. In Corinth, they had been fighting over what was important to worship God rightly, who was the most worthy, and so on. Paul's been most discouraged up until this point. The communication between them seems to be breaking down, and it seems like there's little they have in common. But at this point in the letter, there's this marked turn. There's a sense of hope that enters as Paul begins to speak of veils that are no longer needed. And he talks about the transforming power of being fully in the presence of God. Throughout Scripture, veils or curtains, they're a recurring image, and always what they are meant to represent is something that's standing between humans and God. I've read of, we've read of how a veil covered Moses' face because it was shining so much to protect the Israelites after he had met with God face to face. In other parts of the Old Testament, there was a veil that covered the Ark of the Covenant as it traveled in the desert. And there was a veil that stood before the Ark in the temple as it rested in the holy of holy places. From the stories of Holy Week, we know that when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple, that was torn from top to bottom. So symbolically, what had been concealed would now be revealed. The law said that it should be kept under wraps and set apart. Now it was for everyone. Paul is reinforcing this. As he says, the veil that Moses wore, that's no longer required. Supposedly Moses needed it because his face was shining so brightly after his encounter with God and it was too much for the people to bear if they looked at him directly. Now Paul says, veils become a problem. If one is glowing from a changing encounter with God, one ought to be fully visible to others as evidence of God's transforming grace. The veil that Paul is talking about is at this point not a literal one, but rather figuratively, the veil of the Corinthians. The thing that keeps them from fully seeing God was their devotion to the old Mosaic law. They needed to be set free of it. They needed to let it go. See how the veil has moved and changed, first from Moses wearing it to keep the divine in, behind his veil now to Paul writing about veils as something people wear to keep the divine out. The Corinthians' devotion was to the veil of old. They couldn't see through it, or beyond it, or to the wonder of Christ. As we look at our own lives and our own sense of vision, don't we have some veil, some devotion to an idea or an event or a history, and we allow that to obscure our sense of the holy? Maybe it could be a painful event in the past. It could be ideas that we grew up with, but we haven't been able to challenge them or change them in ourselves. But something that keeps us grounded in the here and now and keeps us from experiencing a freedom like no other that might draw us nearer to God. Transformation is not painless. 
we sense some of Paul's pain in his letter. He too would have studied the law. He was good at it. He had believed in it. And then he had encountered, he had encountered the risen Lord. And he had been changed. But others around him, his people, they hadn't. Direct encounters with the holy will always change us. But the experience can bring us pain as well as joy. I think many of us would agree that God's presence has been most keenly felt in times of great pain when our lives were changing in ways that we wish they were not. It is for us to consider how God has been with us in times of grief or mourning. When Moses spoke with God, Moses discovered a presence, a personality before whom he could totally unveil himself. There weren't any barriers. God stood before him, and still God loved him. It was an unconditional love like no other that Moses had ever experienced. It's no wonder he was shining that his face shone. And Paul says, we too can all shine. We too will be transformed as we draw nearer to God That's what we hope happens during the upcoming season of Lent, that we can bring our whole selves to those 40 days, and that if we dare drop the veil that would keep us from seeing and experiencing God fully, so that we too can reflect the love of God and become changed through the seasons to come. There's a poem called High Flight, that I've long enjoyed. It's often pictured with an airplane soaring to new heights above the clouds. Uh, The author's a World War II pilot. And the last line are these. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. May we do that. May we take courage and boldness from Paul's words so that we might risk going beyond our veils, whatever they may be, and risk the changes that will happen when we earnestly dare to seek God face to face. When we reach out to touch the face of God, we will find God's already there, already touching our face, ready to begin a new and even closer relationship when we need not hide any of ourselves and change will begin. We will be transformed, reflecting the light and love of our God, and we'll see that same light and love in our neighbor as well. I hope it's that way for you and for me. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art, thou my best thought by day. Sleeping the high presence, my life.
thou my wisdom and thou my true end, I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord, thou my great Father, thine own. King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever before. all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.